I sit in a unique place within the advertising, media, and marketing community here. I consider myself Switzerland neutral. I get to play with the best agencies and marketers and media companies in town, and it affords me different access to people, different access to companies, which I really love and I think has been so helpful in my career and so helpful in keeping me engaged in what I'm doing, which I'm very fortunate. I get to serve as champion, cheerleader, confidant, student, teacher, party planner, <laughs> and cat herder to this group too. The funny thing is, if I'd stepped back 20 years ago and said, what would you be doing? I would never have thought this as a career path for me. And it's everything I've done that led up to this that got me here. You know, 10 years in human resources at Davis Ellen, four years as a recruiter at Shiat, that led me into, into a role that I didn't even know existed before. I'm Susan Franceschini, Executive Director of Think LA. Celebrating the lives, work, and achievements of women around the world. The Drum presents Exceptional Women of the World, hosted by The Drum's America's Editor, Doug Zanger. Let's start with three questions. I love this question. <laughs> A lot of people pick it. Do they? And it's, but, but, it's, but I, I like that people pick it because it definitely, it's one of those makes you think kind of things, right? I agree. And it makes you think about what other people might perceive about you. So the question is, what do you think other people think your superpower is? And then on the other side of that, what do you think your superpower is? I think other people think my superpower is the ability to listen and listen with compassion. What I think my superpower is even builds on that. It's equanimity. It's my HR training. <laughs> I was just going to say. That, right. And I think who I am as a person, too. It allows me to kind of maintain my composure and calmness, even when things are extreme and mm -hmm. things are tough and uncomfortable. And I'll tell you, that's work that I've done in the last four years in particular that allow me to, to do that. That's a part of, that is really interesting to me because really, let's be blunt. Mm -hmm. A good chunk of us in this industry are a bunch of grease fires. Yes, this is true. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. So <laughs> it's I, true. Uh, you know, again, I the position I sit in allows me to play a role as an observer, mm -hmm. and I actually try to take that into every facet of my life. Right. That makes such a difference too. Then I can contribute and help in a different way when I do that. It's interesting you brought up the HR training. Mm -hmm. Do you remember specifically? one thing in your HR training that you, you lean on? At some point, probably about five or six years in, I realized that the waves were going to keep coming. You know, the the nature of human behavior, the nature of business, that there were always going to be challenges. And I think it was something someone said that kind of flipped the switch for me and go, there's a skill in this. There's an importance in doing this right and firing people in a well, respectful yeah. way. Right, right. I had a I had a candidate, and this was deeper into it, probably 10 years into my HR career, that I ran into at a restaurant in downtown LA. And he came up to me and he said, do you remember me? And I said, yeah, I do. He goes, I just wanted to thank you. And I said, for what? He said, the way you fired me, you don't hear that a lot. The way you fired me helped me find my passion and get to what I was supposed to be doing. And I said, what are you doing now? And he said, I'm a psychologist. That's awesome. Which is just obscure. And in HR, you never get, thank you for telling right. me I was wrong. And right. you don't get a lot of that. So that was one of those moments where I kind of said, okay, I understand there's 
that maybe this is a skill I have that I can help and it's good and it's going to be difficult at times for people and we're going to have to talk about crappy things. But right. but if we don't talk about them, it's a lot worse. If you could give yourself advice on your first day of work ever, knowing what you know now, that's the caveat, what would it be? I'd say ask for help. Mm-hmm. We kind of get on a, a path of thinking that we're in our job just because we know what we're supposed to do yeah. and oftentimes we don't and we're we're better when we ask for help. We're better when we work with other people and doing that. And we all need help. We all need, it takes a village, as they say. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it brings out the best in you when you ask for help or ask for feedback from people, too. It's interesting. Uh, some women we've talked with have brought up imposter syndrome. Mm. I'm curious about hero syndrome. Mm, that's I, interesting. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know. That could potentially be a thing. It could be. Because I know I suffer from it sometimes. Okay. The hero syndrome is simply, let's just, let's just coin it right now. Okay. The, by the way, this brief day. disclaimer, <laughs> this is not clinical by any stretch uh-huh. of the imagination. It's merely observational. The hero syndrome, in my opinion, dictates that we want to please so much. And so what we end up doing is just trying to play the hero, even when we are in over our heads. And so it goes back to asking for help. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it's exponential damage. Again, no research backing this up, but exponential damage and just causes all kinds of problems. And I'm I'm raising my hand because I've I've done it before. I still do it from time to time. I catch it, but... Uh, 100% agree. It's that posturing that really screws us up. Yep. And... And quite frankly, it's at all phases of the career and even people I talk to who are running companies who still don't, they don't have all the answers, but they're supposed to be leaders. Everyone forgets about the the fallibility of leadership at times. Yes. The fact that they're human. Yeah. And for me, that's actually an area that I want to focus work on because it's... You know, we're we're all human, and right. just because you get promoted doesn't mean that you don't you you have all the answers. That's true. And if you think you do, then you're screwed, and and you're not going to actually help people. And yeah, so you should talk to Kathleen Saxton in London on that. Okay, you guys would get along very well. <laughs> when are you at your best? I'm at my best when I'm making myself a priority. For a long time, I made my work a priority, mm-hmm. and. I could never get anything done. I, there was always something that, you know, it was a chase of the clock. Right. And when I stop and I do the things for myself, working out, meditating, taking time to do nothing and, and really owning that time and space and blocking out and making it sacred as mm-hmm. much as I do an appointment for work, I'm more productive. I'm yeah. in the flow. Yep. I get more done. So instead of the mentality of like, I've got to work harder, I've got to work faster, stop, (laughs) get quiet, and everything else falls into place so much better. And I see it, again, I'd say, in the last four years, been really trying to study and work on that. And I see when it creeps back in, when I'm on the treadmill going, I can't get it done, there's too much, there's always too much. Well, what's important? And so if I stop and take time for myself, all of it manages to work out. Let's get to the must list. What is a must do? I'd say be authentic. Okay, um, before yeah. you continue with yes. that, everyone likes to use that word. I know. And it's one of those, unfortunately, pardon the French, bullshitty words yeah. that gets thrown about. Yeah. How do you define authenticity? So I define that as, as kind of doing the work on yourself to actually know who you are and how you show up. 
Okay. I like that's different. Mm-hmm. Okay, good one. All right, please so, continue. So that's so important to me. It's a foundation, and people rarely do that. Mm-hmm. Their sense of self, it, it goes back to the posturing yeah. bit. So yeah. authenticity means understanding who you are, how you navigate the world, how you impact the world, where the bodies are buried. I mean, we all have oh, that. God. And oh. so... I know, right? So... You may be a really nice person, but we've all got stuff. We've all got stories. You've got things. We've got stuff. Yeah. And and it comes yeah. out and it shows up and there's triggers along the way. Yep. And so you've got to, like I said, do the work to know what those triggers are. Do the work to know how really, did, was that the right response? Was that the best you that could have shown up for that meeting? Right, right. That's how I see it. What's a must experience? Working and traveling abroad. A lot I, of people say that. I know. What makes it different, though? What makes it different is, I, I don't know if it's different. I will tell you that I had the good fortune of working in Paris at a male modeling agency when I was 22 years old. Wait a minute. What? Uh-huh. Okay, you, okay this is part of the onion that has not been peeled back yet. You did not mention this to me. I didn't. It, oh, okay. It well, didn't. Please. So I was put in an environment that was... A foreign country. I barely spoke French. I spoke enough to get home in a cab, order a meal, and tell the model's parents on the other end that their their kids were going to be okay. Whoa! And that okay. was about the extent of it. I had a friend that worked in the industry that ended up getting me the job, uh-huh. and I stopped. I was going to San Diego State at the time. I stopped, took a semester off, and went abroad. That was a very courageous thing that in my history necessarily wouldn't, you wouldn't have thought that that's something I would have done. Interesting. And it was kind of taking the leap and putting yourself in a really uncomfortable situation where you are a foreigner. It makes you very humble. It also helps really tune into your observation skills. It, It was a defining moment for me. I'm surrounded by the beautiful people that have things thrown at them that... Are in this world of what do you want, we'll give it to you. And going back to that sense of self, I went, these people are just crumbling. Like they they have no sense of self. They they don't know what they want and they're relying on everybody else. And that was a defining moment for me to to say, I got myself together. Like I know what I want. I know I know how to treat people that kind of thing. So it was really important. And like I said, putting yourself in a different environment, test all your all your skills and really challenges you. What is a must read? Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. Okay. Ever heard of it? Uh, I have not. Okay. I probably should read it. From I think t- everybody yeah. should yeah, read I know, it. Right? 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 Hence the question. So when we're saying nonviolent. Yeah. Please so, explain that. It goes back again to understanding the impact. How you say something will will give you very different results. Mm-hmm. And it, this this applies in, in personal and professional and everything. And we're so aggressive. We get on the defense. Right. And so we react and right. we, we fire back very quickly. This breaks down communication into pieces so that you can frame a response in a way that that gives you the most cooperative response possible. It's great. I've recommended it to a lot of people. And Have you seen the results? Yes, I experienced the results because I 
practice it. And, right. and I understand. But from other people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's So somebody their, wound up tighter than a, than a $2 fiddle. <laughs> right. And, and you know, I know a lot cool. of people like sure. that. Right. And so right. I've, I've sent it as a gift to a lot of people. A subtle hint gift. Yeah, and it, it's a it's a harsh title. Yeah, but <laughs> the, the it, emotional version of breath mints. Right. If people <laughs> understood that how they are reacting and responding to people is is setting them up for failure and not giving right. them re- results, right. um, I think we'd be a happier planet and more productive. And right, right. it's the foundation of what we do. That's that's good. Mm-hmm. That's very good. What is a must learn? How <laughs> to make a perfect poached egg. So French. <laughs> Maybe that's my time in Paris, right? Um, you, just when I think I haven't mastered. Okay, this is just so. Bi- uh, this is so wonderfully bizarre. There's bizarre, and then there's wonderfully yeah. bizarre. Yeah, okay, because you want ahead. a perfect poached egg, don't you? Listen, have you ever done the sous vide method? I have. Okay, I'm, that has that has not I'm yielded not a, a perfect. Fa- poached I feels egg? it feels slightly like I'm cheating. I've got to be honest when I when I work with sous vide, but it's 45 minutes to make an egg. I, it's ridiculous. So I've tried different. Different methods. Uh-huh. Um, some I haven't found the consistent. I'm pretty good, but <laughs> it's it's kind of like golf. You never know. It's never, it's never going to be a perfect round. But you're um, mildly obsessed with this, aren't you? I yeah. I have friends too that are mildly obsessed. We kind of believe, you know, a fried egg on anything is is better. True. Makes anything better. A pizza. Really? Burger. Have you you've done a fried? Okay. Yeah. I like mean, on a on a proper pizza. Oh yeah, Italy. You a see fried it all egg? over. Really? Okay. Not a fried egg, but a cracked egg. A cracked. Yeah, so it's still a little runny in the center. Really important stuff, Doug. A fried egg, kind of yeah. sunny side up. Sunny side up. Or over easy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you must learn how to make a perfect poached egg. Yeah, I, I, it's a quest. <laughs> what is a question that you have never been asked before that you would love someone to ask you and what would that uh, answer be? If you could go to fantasy camp for a week, what would it be? And my answer? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm like running through my head. I'm Does like, that make sense? It's like I, I kind of know Susan well enough. It's not. It's probably not baseball. No, it's not. It's probably not Broadway. No, I, I'd go to DJ camp and learn how to DJ. Oh, you can do that in your basement. I can, but I don't. So if I had a week and I there's could a go, DJ, there's DJ. Camps. I know there's one in Culver City. I think. I even have a DJ name that I want to use. What is yours? DJ Owl for DJ Old White Lady. Okay. Mine's yeah. DJ Mighty Whitey. Okay. It's M-Y-T-W-Y-T. Look at that. Yeah, that's been there for a while. Wow. Yeah, okay. I worked Maybe at a hip-hop radio station for six years. See, right? I haven't actually done that. So. Yeah. So just as long as we're mixing in Doobie Brothers and <laughs> oh, nice. yeah, Little River Band, I think we're okay. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. No, okay, but, but in all seriousness, yeah. why? Because I... I love music. Sure. I love how a DJ can shift a room. True. And and move and can read a room, right? Many a wedding reception has been outstanding because of Celebrate by Cool and the Gang and then <laughs> brought down instantly by the father of the bride requesting something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but it does. It's like no, a right. wave and, and you can true. see them kind of carry the room. And I love that. Have you ever gone up in the club? Uh, and to, watched it to like DJ. from the back. No, no, no I no, haven't. Just, just, I haven't because that that might be you know you do one of those deals yeah. in Vegas where it's like they have a residency and all that. Uh, yes, not that you have to get in the I'm middle just, of it. You just know, observe. maybe this the next phase of my career. It could happen. You know what? Mm-hmm. Look at Moby. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Here's where I compliment you. Oh, good. 
We are obviously proud partners of Think LA. Yes. Just, you know, disclosure yes. and candor. I am personally a member as well, even though I live in Portland, Oregon. Yay. Um, I am of the opinion, and I get some pushback from people who aren't from here. And mm-hmm. again, I'm from Portland, and I love Portland. I adore Portland. I love the Northwest. Seattle's one of my favorite places yeah. on the planet. Um, Vancouver, as my Italian family says back east, forget about it. <laughs> um but it is my contention that Los Angeles is the most important market in the world right now. And there are a lot of tangible reasons for that, and there are a lot of intangible mm-hmm. reasons for that. Ten years ago, you know, we're sitting right now in Culver City. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, you would say, Culver City, why would you go there? And then you'd think, oh, Hollywood's got this, and Burbank's got this, and Pasadena's sort of this mm-hmm. kind of stodgy. And then you start getting over into the West, Playa Vista, what's that? Right. Santa Monica, isn't that where Three's Company was? <laughs> Google that if you're under 35. You know, El Segundo is like, mm, that's where the car right. companies are, right? Mm-hmm. And you start getting into Irvine and all that. So there's always been this natural disparity geographically in Los Angeles. There's also been a huge disparity philosophically in Los Angeles. Mm. So as the disparity geographically has continued to evolve and morph, Hollywood is now in Culver City. Hollywood is Burbank. Hollywood is Santa Monica, like all of these places that had been so separate and disparate Mm -hmm. before are now blending together. Think LA has been around for 10 years Mm -hmm. and you were legitimately at the vanguard of all of that change. Right. Everyone that I have spoken to has said this industry and the way that it's morphed and evolved and changed and grown is, Susan plays a big role in that. And to your point Mm -hmm. of, the steady Eddie, mm-hmm. they just say she's unflappable. <laughs> she's unflappable. So, so the compliment here is a combination of leadership, vision, and just just chilling on it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Is that does that feel accurate to you? Because, I think so. Yeah. I think so because you know I, I'm I'm the constant that's been there. Mm-hmm. You're the X. Uh, right. Yes. Is right. that was that the right analogy? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah we're called yeah. But I also know that I kind of create the stage for everybody, mm-hmm. and that's my role, bringing people together. Is facilitator. That facilitator. Yeah. And and not being so attached to events or programs or ideas, and and saying break it, let's start again, right. because that's what's happening in our industry. Right. So and giving people space to try something new. Even if I don't think it's going to work, we've got to try things. So, but experimenting doesn't necessarily have to be irresponsible, right? And and they will also tell you that I will not let them be irresponsible. Maybe it's my HR training. <laughs> That's oh, so great. Oh, everyone should learn a little HR yeah. training. Yeah. Where do you see the next ten years? I wish I had a really nice. Don't give me some that. announcement that you're retiring. Next yeah. Week or no. Something. No. I still okay. have work to do, and yeah. and I haven't even started DJ school. So okay. No, it's, it's, <laughs> so we're good. That's a very valid point. I see things changing. We've talked about this, I think, before, but you know, the the ad agency as ad agency is going to change into something very different. Mm-hmm. It's already changed in in how it's you know more project driven and and that kind of fluid dream teams coming in to create projects. It's it's going to be more like that that freelance mentality and creativity is going to come and content's going to come from the two 
people in their kitchen doing right. the podcast or the <laughs> 200 people, it's going to continue to to do that. And the reason there's no great answer for that is because technology is unfolding faster than we can even conceive, and technology is going to inform how business is done. So to think I could even guess what five years looks like yeah. is, and it's so you have to stay nimble, you have to stay smart and not not hold on to anything that's so precious that doesn't work anymore. Every guest on the show gets a minute or two to talk about whatever they would like. Without further ado, the floor is yours. I would like everybody to just take a beat and think before you do. I think there is such power in understanding the power of your ripple and knowing how your words, your behaviors, your actions impact everyone. And again, that's personally and professionally. And so if if we could all just take a beat and do that, we'd connect a lot more and it would impact our business. There's a great quote by Viktor Frankl, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. In that space, you can make a much better <laughs> connection to a person rather than a reaction where you're maybe going to torch the village. Much like the must list, we'd like to wrap up the show with one last piece of advice or wisdom. What is your last word? Live with intention. I think people bounce around and life happens to them. So again, live with intention. Stop and think about what you're doing and where you want to go. Susan, a great pleasure seeing you. Thank you for hosting a us here pleasure. in Culver City. And super proud to be partners. Love and it. Looking forward to the future with great you. Great things to happen. <laughs> 